Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Seeky. Use code Bucket Center for $20 off your first purchase. I'm recording this podcast on Friday night after the Rising Stars game. And we still have a lot more for All-Star Weekend. We still got the three-point contest, the dunk contest, the skills challenge, all the festivities of All-Star Saturday night. And then obviously Team LeBron versus Team Giannis the all-star game on Sunday. But for this episode, I'm going to be breaking down my top five players per position at this point in the season. We're also going to be talking about the three legit teams. I give a chance of winning a championship at this point in the season. The fourth team that I had going to the Eastern Conference Finals has been a little bit underwhelming. I still think they could be the second best team in the Eastern Conference, but they're not on the level of these other three teams right now. They have the talent to get there, but they have a lot of other intangibles that just don't match the level of the three teams that I have as legit championship contenders. You guys probably know I've been really ringing this bell for the whole time, the whole season about these other three teams, and we'll get into that a bit later. But we'll start off talking about my top five players per position based on their performance, based on their obviously statistical production, the eye test, their talent level, and then their impact on their team success. So we're going to start at the point guard position and obviously guys that are injured like Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant will not be included on this list. Point guard, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. This dude's a bad brother, man. And I know the Portland Trailblazers are currently not in the playoffs. They still are in the playoff picture. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. But Dame is just balling out of his absolute mind. The dude is shooting the ball, scorching from behind the arc. He can obviously get to the rim and create uh, opportunities for himself and for others. He's a good playmaker. And he really is the heart and soul of this Portland Trailblazers team. They're a lot better when he's on the court versus when he's on the bench. And he's really hooping. He's playing at an all-NBA level for sure. And he's definitely been the best point guard in the NBA. And at number two, I have Luka Doncic, who's not that far behind. Okay, this is his sophomore season. Obviously, he was a rookie of the year. His rookie season, he's coming back and he's now an all-star in his second season. He's a superstar level player right now at this point in his career. And he has the Mavericks in the playoffs. They are the seventh seed. I know he's missed some time due to injury for the majority of the season. He has been an MVP candidate. And he's averaged close to a triple-double this season. So I think there's pretty much a no-brainer that Luka's number two. Number three, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is having a great season in his own right. The Houston Rockets are a middle-of-the-road playoff team. I believe they have the five seed at this point in time. And James Harden's really struggled as of late. Russell Westbrook's picked up a lot of that slack. He's really been their go-to guy uh, in a lot of these games. Recently, they just traded Clint Capella for Robert Covington to space the floor. And now Russell Westbrook has even more driving lanes. He's been more efficient, and he's not taking as many three-pointers. He is a terrible three-point shooter. And with the additional spacing, they're not asking Russell Westbrook to space the floor as much. He can play to his strengths and get to the mid-range, which he's hitting at a good rate this season. He can get to the basket, and he can make things happen for this basketball team. And he's really been a co-star with James Harden. It hasn't just been the Harden team, and Russ is just a side piece like it was at the beginning of the season. Russell Westbrook has been involved, and they're really doing this mutually as co-stars. So I have Russell Westbrook. At my number three spot. At number four, I got Kemba Walker. This dude is cold, okay? And he's a guy that we know can fill it up, getting the buckets. Obviously, he can play make a little bit. 
But really the big strength of Kemba Walker this year has been his leadership and his ability to bring the best out of his teammates, to take a backseat when he needs to and let guys like Jason Tatum thrive. Jalen Brown's having a great year. The Boston Celtics have been a winning team. Kemba Walker hasn't been on a winning team basically in his entire career. We know he can put up big time numbers. We know he has great individual skill. But this time he's been actually able to showcase that skill on a winning team, which has been very valuable. I still think he's been a top five caliber point guard for a good portion of his career. But now he's in a winning situation. Now he's in the culture with Brad Stevens. He's got other good players around him that he can elevate himself. And those guys can actually have the opportunity to thrive in their own way. While Kemba can still get his 20 plus points and show you how clutch he is, show you how much individual skill he has which has been great to see. I got Kemba at the number four spot. And rounding out the top five, I got Ben Simmons. And this dude is playing defense at such an elite level. He's playing at an all-defensive team caliber level. Uh, He's been the best guard defender in the league, I would say, right now. Uh, And he's definitely a top three to five MVP, or excuse me, defensive player of the year candidate. Um, Offensively, he has been the MVP, honestly, as well for the Philadelphia 76ers, that is. Uh, being the guy that they run their offense through, being the primary playmaker. And when Joel Embiid's been out of the lineup, being aggressive, being able to attack the basket, being able to make things happen when he has a little bit more space. He doesn't even have the ideal spacing that we'd want to surround a guy like Ben Simmons. The team isn't built around him. It's built around Joel Embiid, even though Ben Simmons has been the more impactful player this season. It's still built around Joel Embiid, but Ben Simmons is taking that and he's still thriving. And when Embiid's out of the lineup, he's thriving at an even higher level. And we know what he's capable of at this point in time. His aggressiveness has been there. His attitude has been good. And he's helping impact winning for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's why I have him at my number five spot for point guards. Honorable mention definitely has to be Trey Young. This dude is top five in scoring and assists. He's all world. The only things really going against Trey Young or the fact that he's on a terrible Atlanta Hawks team, and his defense is one of the worst in the league, uh, even at the point guard position, which is a semi-important position when it comes to playing defense. Obviously, offensively, it's the most important position on the basketball court. But defensively, uh, a lot of point guards have the luxury of having another guard that can pick up a lot of those defensive responsibilities. Trey Young does not have that. He also doesn't have really many pieces to work with on either side of the ball. A lot of the players in the Atlanta Hawks are very young, inexperienced, and no pun intended. Uh, but Trey Young is doing the best with what he's got to work with right now. Props to him. He's definitely in this conversation for sure. Um, and I just thought I'd throw him in there as an honorable mention. For the shooting guards, top five shooting guards at this point in the season, James Harden's a clear-cut number one. He's been the number one for a long, long time now. Uh, he's not having his best season, uh, but he is still the league league scorer. I mean, we know he can put the ball in the hole. He can attack the basket. He can get to the free throw line. He can also play make as well. His defense, especially in the post, gets better and better each and every season. So props to James Harden. And number two, this was tight, but I'm going to have Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. This dude can put the ball in the basket, okay? He's averaging close to 30 points himself. His Washington Wizards are the nine seed in the East, and this is a pretty mediocre Wizards team. They should not be anywhere near playoff contention. Yet, yes, I know the East is trash, but Bradley Beal also has the Wizards near playoff contention. Uh, So that's really impressive for him. He was snubbed from the All-Star game. I cannot believe this man did not make an All-Star team in the Eastern Conference, for that matter. The inferior conference, he didn't even make it. Um, 
but it is what it is. He's going to use that as fuel. He's gotten better and better even since that snub. Um, and he's really going to prove in the second half of the season that I think he firmly belongs to that number two spot. He's been that way up to this point in the season. Number three, Devin Booker. Again, this one was tight, and he also was excluded from the all-star team list until Damian Lillard got injured uh, and couldn't play. So Devin Booker is going to replace Damian Lillard uh, as a Western Conference all-star. This dude is having an extremely efficient season. He's having a huge impact on the Suns team's success. And the Suns are not last in the Western Conference like they've been for the past couple years that people have been shouting and begging for Devin Booker to be on the all-star team. Uh, As I said in the previous podcast episode, now they're actually in the middle of the pack. They actually have a fighter's puncher's chance of making the playoffs. So that's why I think these numbers are more impressive as well as his efficiency uh, and the impact net rating wise on off uh, of his team's success. So Devin Booker, shout out to him. He's at my number three spot. Number four, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, this dude is cold. Um, he scores, he's the top scorer for the Utah Jazz, but he also plays a good amount of defense. Uh, and the Jazz are a really good team. I would still say Rudy Gobert is their best and most important player, but Donovan Mitchell plays his role really well. He's their top scorer. He's their go-to guy when they need a bucket down the stretch. He's had some inefficient nights, but overall he's been fairly efficient. Um, and he has that playoff experience. We've seen what he's done in previous years. He hasn't been able to get over the hump. Uh, but, I mean, he hasn't had too much around him. Now he has guys like Bojan Bogdanovic uh, to compliment him, other guys that can put the ball in the basket, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. So it can be really interesting to see what he and the Utah Jazz can do in the playoffs. But he's at my number two – or, excuse me, my number four spot uh, for shooting guards. And at number five, I got Zach Levine. Uh, the All-Star game is in Chicago. Zach Levine's a Chicago guy, plays for the Chicago Bulls. Um, obviously their team's not doing too much winning and he's not playing too much defense. I mean, none of these shooting guards right now on this list are really elite defensive guards. I mean, the guys that would be on this list if they were fully healthy for the entirety of season, guys like Clay Thompson, Victor Oladipo, just to name a couple, are guys that can lock you down. But these guys, none of these five are really locking anybody down. But Zach Levine can go toe-to-toe with the rest of these guys on the offensive end of the floor. Obviously an insane dunker, but he's also in the three-point contest this year. Uh, He can shoot the ball at a high clip from behind the arc. He can make things happen off the bounce. He's improving as a playmaker. Zach Levine's got a package. He's got a bag, and he's getting better and better each and every season. I got Zach Levine at number five. So for the guards, I got point guards, top five right now. Again, this can change, and this is just purely based on the first half of this season. But right now, it's Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Ben Simmons for the point guards, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and Zach Levine for the shooting guard position. At small forward, number one is LeBron James. And it's been a neck-and-neck race. I'm not going to lie and act like LeBron's just had a clear-cut lead. Kawhi Leonard has been right there. Obviously, the load management has played a factor, and this past week was just not favorable to Kawhi Leonard. He got outplayed by both Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum. Uh, The Clippers went on a little bit of a losing streak these past couple games, and LeBron James really picked it up. He just came off of a 30-plus point triple-double. Uh, and he's had a really good season for the entirety of the year. He's played the majority of the games. The Lakers are the number one seed in the Western Conference. LeBron James, their biggest impact player by far. Uh, he's leading the NBA in assists. 
but he can also put the ball in the basket. He's been really impactful on the defensive side of the ball, which he's not getting enough credit for. Uh, main reason the Lakers' defense has been much improved is obviously Anthony Davis, and we'll touch on that in a bit. But LeBron James has been extremely impactful defensively as well. Um, and he's playing with better defenders around him so we can provide a little bit more effort. He doesn't have to do too much um, in terms of he knows where to get to his spots and things like that because uh, he has other guys that can help him out in that department. Uh, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, number two, he's having a great season for the games that he is healthy. He's been efficient. He can put the ball in the basket. He's having his best playmaking year of his career. So LeBron James, obviously, we know how great he is all around, but Kawhi Leonard is becoming more and more of an all-around player. His defense has taken a little bit of a step back just because he's shouldering more of a load on the offensive end of the floor, uh, which a lot of people obviously have seen from LeBron the past couple of years. He's had to do so much offensively that his defense has taken a hit. Uh, I would say Kawhi's defense is not taking as much of a hit as LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard is still an elite perimeter defender. Um, but in terms of his all-around all game, his playmaking is improving, his scoring, we already know what he can do in that department. He can rebound the basketball. Kawhi Leonard is definitely up there. Uh, but I'd say he's just a little bit behind LeBron James at this point in time. This could change in a week. Uh, but at this point in time, I give LeBron James the edge. Number three was tough between Paul George and Jimmy Butler in terms of the caliber of player because we also have to look at their talent. I think Paul George has more talent, but Jimmy Butler has had a better season. I don't think many people would argue that. The Miami Heat are right in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler, although he's not shooting the ball well at all from the perimeter, he's still been their leader, their driving force. He's their primary ball handler, play initiator. The offense runs completely through him, and he can still play defense at a very, very high level. Paul George has been in and out of the lineup, which a lot of these Los Angeles Clippers players have. He's also had a rough shooting stretch. Um, and the fact that he's continued to be injury prone at big moments like the playoffs, and we know Jimmy Butler elevates his game in the playoffs, are a lot of the reasons why I would take Jimmy Butler at this point in time over Paul George. Like I said, Paul George is more talented, uh, but in terms of the impact, in terms of the value in a five-on-five sport at this point in time, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. Uh, and then Paul George, obviously, number four. We know he's a great player on both sides of the ball. He's a superstar, um, but he's had a rough season. Uh, he didn't get named to an all-star team, partly because he didn't play enough games, but also because he wasn't as productive as some of these other all-star level players. Um, and, and we'll see how what he can do in the second half of the season. Hopefully he can get healthy and everything's right. But right now, I just can't say he's any higher uh, than that number four spot. And then at number five, I'm going to go with Chris Middleton. This dude's a flat-out bucket. He's the second best player uh, on a team that's on pace to make some some history being one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. And we'll see if they can carry that into the playoffs and they're going to need Middleton to be huge in order to do that. But he's been a great shot creator, go-to guy and they can also play really, really good defense. He's having a 50, 40, 90 season. His efficiency has been through the roof. Uh, he's going to round out my top five small forwards and then power forwards. We're going to talk about his teammate first, uh, the runaway MVP favorite right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, who I also think has been the best defender, the defensive player of the year so far this season. Um, he, he's been in his absolute bag, and he's a clear-cut number one. There's really not much to say about him. He's filling up the stat sheet for the Bucks, who have the best record in the NBA. He's their driving force. He does everything for that basketball team. Anthony Davis, 
uh, one of the top defensive candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's protecting the rim extremely well for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's also their leading scorer. He's also their leading rebounder. Uh, and he's up there in terms of steals and blocks as well. So he's really having a big impact on this Lakers team. He's not as impactful to the Lakers as LeBron James is. The advanced numbers, the net rating impact, the eye test speak to that. But AD is really filling up the stat sheet for that team. And he is their defensive anchor. He's the most valuable player on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so he's right there at the number two spot. Uh, Pascal Siakam is my number three. And the Raptors just recently went on a 15-game win streak, okay? This team has been really, really good, even without Kawhi Leonard. They're actually on pace to win more games than they did with Kawhi Leonard last year. We know how great the Raptors can be in the regular season, but Pascal Siakam's taking another leap, and Raptors fans have reason to have more faith in the Raptors team led by Pascal Siakam than they did with the Raptors team led by DeMar DeFrozen, as I like to call him. Uh, Pascal's doing it on both sides of the ball, He's their driving force in terms of he is their best player. He's their go-to scorer. Uh, he's their one of their rim protectors along with Serge Ibaka. Uh, he can play in space, kind of a rover type of player, uh, really impactful for this team. Uh, and then at number four, DeBonta Sabonis. Okay, Sabonis is having a really underrated season with the Indiana Pacers. He's actually averaging almost five assists a game, so he can play make a little bit. Obviously, a double-double machine in terms of the points and the rebounds. He was the best player this season on an Indiana Pacers team that's been in the middle of the playoff picture, even without Victor Oladipo. Now Victor Oladipo is back in the lineup. He's shooting horrendously from the field. He's still trying to get his rhythm back, and DeBonta Sabonis has still been their best player. Um, and he's really been an impactful player, really breaking out a little bit. A guy that came off the bench last year, really coming into his own and thriving in this role. And then winding out the top five, I mean, I got to go with Zion Williamson. I know he's only played 10 games up to this point. I understand that. But just watching the games, watching how impactful this dude is, he is an absolute tank. He's a double-double machine. He's a walking bucket from anywhere in the restricted area, you just cannot do anything with him. Obviously, his first game, he came out and hit four threes. He hasn't hit a three since. He doesn't even need to hit threes. He's just bully ball. They said it was going to be different at the NBA level. It has not been so far. He, he's imposing his will. Uh, his defense will get better and better as he continues to develop and conditioning and everything like that. But even right now, he's been a pretty impactful player on both sides of the ball. Pelicans are in a push for the playoffs. Uh, in large part due to Zion Williamson. And then my top five centers, number one is Nikola Jokic. Okay, this man, uh, in terms of clutchness, he's been the most clutch player in the league in terms of game-winning shots this season. Uh, obviously, extremely high basketball IQ. He can read the floor. He's basically your point center. I've raved about Nikola Jokic numerous times on this podcast. He's definitely at that number one spot. Joel Embiid is having a little bit of an off year, but he's still at number two. He can play really good defense. He can also get it done offensively. He can be a dominant force at times, but the biggest thing with Joel Embiid has been his inconsistency and inability to stay healthy. Um, obviously, he's having to take more threes to space the floor because Ben Simmons can and will not shoot from the perimeter. Uh, so that fit is also really off, but even in the modern NBA, Nikola Jokic has just been far more impactful, uh, and his play style is much better suited for the modern NBA than Joel Embiid. Uh, and Jokic has also been a good amount more durable. 
than Joel Embiid. Number three, I'm going to go Carl Anthony Towns, who offensively, in terms of individual skill, may be the best big man in basketball. He can shoot the three extremely efficiently. Uh, he's obviously a dominant post player, um, but defensively, he's he's terrible. Um, and that's why he's not on the level of guys like Anthony Davis, uh, or even to the extent Jokic doesn't really play great defense, but he's been improved in that area. Uh, and Towns doesn't provide the playmaking and just the running the team, the elevating of others that Nikola Jokic just provides. Uh, and obviously the Timberwolves are not having the team success that the Denver Nuggets are, or even to a lesser extent uh, that the Philadelphia 76ers are having. I know they have better players around them, but at least in Jokic's case, he is the clear-cut driving force. You can argue Ben and Joel right now, but Jokic is the clear-cut driving force. I would have Towns at three, uh, even though he could beat all those centers if we're talking about just a one-on-one. Number four, Rudy Gobert, extremely impactful on the defensive side of the ball, a leading shot blocker, and really elevating this Jazz overall team defense. Offensively, he's been good too, freeing up teammates with screens, rolling to the rim, uh, being impactful uh, on the inside. So he's clearly at number four. And then Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is coming into his own breaking out after the Hassan Whiteside trade. He's an impactful player, first-time All-Star for the Miami Heat. So my forwards, we got a small forward, LeBron, Kawhi, Jimmy, Paul George, Chris Middleton, power forward, Giannis, AD, Siakam, Sabonis, and Zion Williamson. And then the centers, we got Jokic, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Bam Adebayo. If we're talking about the NBA awards uh, for this season, I wanted to throw that in there as well. Um, right at this first half of the season mark, there's still a good amount of basketball to play and things can change. But right now I got Giannis Antetokounmpo winning MVP and defensive player of the year. Like I said, my rookie of the year right now is John Morant. Um, he has played the entirety of the season. The Memphis Grizzlies are a playoff team. Right now, we'll see what happens with the Pelicans and seeding and the way Zion has balled. If he can continue to ball, he can make things really, really interesting. Brandon Ingram is my most improved player. He's taking a jump in terms of efficiency, shooting a lot more threes, hitting a lot more threes, and just being a much more overall impactful player. Sixth man of the year, Dennis Schroeder, the Oklahoma City Thunder. The dude's putting up twenty point, around 20 points a game. Uh, really impactful for the Thunder off the bench. That's a playoff team, too, in the Western Conference. And then coach of the year, Nick Nurse, who talked about the Raptors on their 15-game win streak. He's obviously huge to their team's success. Um, we want to touch on the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers really quickly. I know I talk about these teams a lot. These are the three realistic teams I think have a chance to win the NBA championship. When we talk about these teams, I think we have to look at several critical categories. When we talk about star power, it's obviously the Lakers out of these three with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yes, Kawhi is great. Yes, Giannis is great. Paul George and Milton, not quite on the level of Anthony Davis though. So if we want to say all three of those players I mentioned before are on the same level, AD is just a rung above uh, both Paul George and Chris Milton. When it comes to depth and coaching, we know that's the Los Angeles Clippers bread and butter. When you talk about Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, Landry Shamit, they just added Marcus Morris and then Doc Rivers, which is with his coaching uh, pedigree being an NBA championship head coach. Obviously, Vogel and Budenholzer are no slouches. Obviously, the Bucks and the Lakers have a good amount of bench depth. 
but it's just not at the level of the Los Angeles Clippers. Offensive efficiency, this is tight, but I would give the edge to the Los Angeles Lakers. An offense run through LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's a lethal pick-and-roll combination. LeBron James is just the smartest basketball mind I have seen run a team in my lifetime. I trust him and their offense. The Lakers are the second-ranked offense in the league behind the Dallas Mavericks. I trust them when it comes to playoff time led by the King LeBron James. A little bit of concern in what they're going to do offensively when LeBron James goes to the bench, but those will be small little spurts. I think Rondo, playoff Rondo, will be able to hold it down for just a couple minute stretches um, until LeBron James gets back in the game. Defensive efficiency has been the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is my defensive player of the year. They also have all defensive level players like Eric Bledsoe, uh, and then Brooke Lopez holding it down in the interior. Their wing depth, too, in terms of defense, has been really strong. Play initiators, like I touched on before, Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James, guys like Rondo who have been shaky, but he's still solid enough uh, as a backup point guard. I think he will be at least come playoff time for the wings. Obviously, PG and Kawhi with the Clips. Um, and then bigs, obviously, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee hold it down in the middle. So when we look at that, it seems pretty even. It seems like the Bucks are probably second in a lot of those categories. Uh, the only real categories I give the Bucks um, are defense, really. That's the, really the only one. Depth and coaching go to the Clippers as well as their wings. Um, and then I would say bigs, play initiators, offensive efficiency, and the star power really go to the Los Angeles Lakers. So right now, if I had to say, I know I've been saying the Clippers have the best roster because they do, um, and they've looked really good. They've beaten the Lakers twice. But I have reason to believe that LeBron James and the Lakers have a real shot at the championship. I've been saying all year, these are the three teams I could potentially see, and really just the two L.A. teams, in my honest opinion. It's either going to be the Clippers or the Lakers uh, hosting the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, but at this point in time, man, the Lakers have been more impressive to me because the Clippers don't give that consistent effort every night. They act like a team that's already won the NBA championship. And the only guy that's won an NBA championship in terms of players on their roster is Kawhi Leonard. I mean, these other guys haven't proven it on that level. And we know about playoff Pete. We know he's not going to be 100% probably heading into the playoffs. We know he's not going to contribute at the same level that he does in the regular season. We can't trust him in these big time moments. Paul George and Kawhi are both wing players that really just don't complement each other as well as LeBron James and Anthony Davis do. Granted, the Clippers have more bench depth. The Clippers have a bunch of wing defenders that they can throw at LeBron James. It's going to be very, very tough. And I still am going to continue to say that the Clippers have a better roster. And I have to see how the Lakers are going to counter what the Clippers have done to them in their first two meetings. Because the Clippers, to me, are a better basketball team from top to bottom looking at the coaching. But I'm just going to say, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, with the coaching staff that they have, their depth hasn't been great. It's been shaky, inconsistent. And with all the question marks that they have, they're still the number one seed in the Western Conference. They still have not lost a game against a Western Conference opponent away from Staples Center. They've been very, very impressive. We still don't know about Kuzma. We still don't know about Rondo. These other guys are still big question marks. They've got to show up for stretches. But, man, the Los Angeles Lakers have been very, very impressive. And it's going to be really interesting to watch in the second half of the season how the Los Angeles Clippers respond. They need no more load management. They need their guys healthy. They need their reps. They need to impress me in these last 20-something games at the end of the season for me to feel confident in the Los Angeles Clippers. Because right now, right now, it's looking like the Los Angeles Lakers have been 
the better basketball team for 50 some odd games. Again, the playoffs are a different monster. We know Kawhi Leonard's doing his load management. He's not giving his max effort on an every night basis. But we can't give the entire basketball club a pass for that. We can give Kawhi Leonard a pass because he's proven it. He's a finals MVP multiple times. We know what he can do when it comes to the big moments. Same with LeBron James. But these other guys, it's going to come down to the supporting cast and these others. LeBron James and AD are still going to have to backpack if the Lakers want to win. The Clippers, they don't need as much from guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they have so much support. But it's going to be real, real interesting in the Western Conference. And Milwaukee cannot be counted out either. Giannis and the company, they still got a good amount of depth. They still got coaching. I think they're a lock to get out of the Eastern Conference. And I think they have a puncher's chance. Like they're 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 not so much of underdogs that they have no chance to knock off the Lakers or the Clippers, especially if they can get out of the East with very little wear and tear. They can be well rested and they can host an NBA final series. That's gonna be very, very interesting. So that's my thoughts first half of the season. Man, NBA is super exciting at this point in time. I gave you guys my top five players, uh, in my opinion, uh by position. And then we talked about the three legit contenders right now in the NBA, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers. And I also gave you guys uh, my awards at the halfway point, where it's obviously like two-thirds of the way through the season because that's how they do it uh, for All-Star Weekend. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.